Abysses, aka responsible, proper social distance shit talking from spare bedrooms across exurban Atlanta. Welcome to the Goblet Heathens podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. This is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism. We will challenge your assumptions and ours too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone, especially ourselves. So join us as we examine the crossroads of politics and religion from the secular perspective. And remember, don't believe everything you hear on this podcast or anywhere else for that matter until you've independently verified it for yourself. In other words, duck, duck, go that shit. This is episode 83. So this is the, our, the last recorded podcast in 2020. And also when it drops, it'll be the first first podcast of 2021. So it's like a, a dual podcast. It's the last and the first. It's a two for one, man. It's so deep. It, oh, it's over my head. <laughs> so unless you're Jeff Bezos or the stock portfolios of Republican candidates for Senate in Georgia, 2020 has probably not been your best year. So we will lift trophies for our best takes fall on our swords for the worst, and look ahead to a year that just can't be worse than 2020. Or can it? I have a feeling my heart's about to be broken on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, if David Silverman thinks we'd be willing to jeopardize the $11 we make on Patreon per episode just to provide him with a platform to tell us how awesome it is to shake Charlie Kirk's hand, he's lost his non-woke fucking mind. Hey, we're businessmen. That $11 is revenue. That's two a month. That's $22. That goes a long way. And we will get into why David Silverman was in the lead of this podcast a little bit later. But libations. I am staying away from the fireball. If you listened to the last episode, you know why. I've got a bottle of Ravenswood Zinfandel. Uh, just, just a good go-to Zinfandel. Usually, usually try and keep a bottle of this in the house all the time. One of my go-tos. I'm drinking a Night Moves Double New England IPA from Monday night here in Atlanta because it reminds me, obviously, maybe not so obviously, of the Bob Seger song. Yep. There you go. So I should go, <laughs> <laughs> So I'm drinking a, um, a special release from Monday Night Brewing. It seems to be kind of our go-to <laughs> brewery. <laughs> and, you know, if they want to throw us some free beers for the mentions, you know, we're not going to turn it down. We should bring the podcast to their attention. Record there. We should record live there. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going to have our first live episode. Let's just hope they haven't listened to any of the old ones. <laughs> well, and we don't want to do it during our Monday night Bible study. No, that would definitely clash. So this is a situational ethics. They have a whole series of these. This particular one is a maple scotch barrel-aged s'mores imperial stout. It is really well balanced with all those flavors I just mentioned. Yes, well balanced. And it clocks in at 13.9. Whoa, jeez. <laughs> So I'm just going to have one. Just That's got to be a record. That's a big bottle, too. Is that the highest ABV we've had on the show? 
That is the legally mandated limit here in is the it? great state of Georgia. You cannot do 14? Nope. Then it becomes malt liquor, I think. You can have mead that's 14%. So by definition, that is the highest rated beer. It's just unusual. It, it stops right at 13.9. At least that's what the label says. I'll be the judge of that. And they would never lie. So it's your last chance to give us five stars. It does help. So help three poor podcasters out against people like David Silverman and give us a five-star rating. Or tweet us at Godless Podcast. Like David did. Yes, he did. (laughs) That he did. In Um, not such a nice way, though. And if you're... You could argue that uh, Jimmy's tweet was not very nice, and maybe we can argue about that later in the show. If you're so inclined to go to our private Facebook group and support Mark Zuckerberg's squalid organization, you could do that. Um, And if you're dumb enough to be on Parler, you're probably not listening. Or email us at godlessheathens at yahoo.com. Mail us a letter. No. (laughs) (laughs) Snail mail us. Let's not, because our addresses don't need to be. Yeah. No, it'd be a P.O. box. So we talked about looking ahead and looking back, and we're probably going to do a mix of both, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So question one, will American atheism veer even further right than it lurched in 2020? And referencing the tweet, David Silverman was extremely proud to go to the Turning Point USA super spreader event in Florida isn't Charlie Kirk part of the Falk? Isn't he half of the Fall Kirk Center? He is the Kirk of the Fall Kirk Center, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he hitched his train to Jerry Falwell Jr. right before it went off the cliff. But he's got the grift going. And the Turning Point USA is gross. And sucking up to those people is even grosser. And Jimmy, our hardworking social media intern, commented on that. And actually got an angry response from the formerly influential atheist leader. Well, just to back up a second, they just recently had a super spreader conference. I think it was in D.C., wasn't it? It was Turning Point in Florida. In and Florida, that's where, okay. That's where okay. David was was going to table with the, I, you know, I, I can't say this unless I'm thinking air quotes, but the atheists for liberty, because no other atheists really are for liberty, just them. Just those guys. Yeah. Silverman used to do this when he was president of American Atheists. He would go and he would table at CPAC, the big conservative Republican convention, and it would be American Atheists had their table along with all the other vendors. And it was like he was, to use a biblical term, he was a fisher of men amongst the conservative looking for the lone atheist conservative to wander by and pick up the straggler here and there. And I never understood why we're even bothering to till those fields, so to speak. I didn't understand that strategy either, but uh, at least he's out there trying to find, you know, there may be other atheists out there that might come forward, and if that moves them away from the solid connection to the evangelical church. Anything that breaks up the... The church state, yeah. Yeah, the, the Frankenstein monster that is the Republican convention and the evangelical movement, uh, all four. Yeah, yeah but the, the tabling with the atheists for liberty, that's a whole different ball of wax there. You know, but is it, though? Because we definitely assumed that when he was at CPAC, 
that it was more like him going on Fox, like going into enemy territory and trolling. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. And, yes. And maybe he was there because he's down with them, and he always has been. That seems to be why he was at Turning Point. Definitely was not there. This wasn't trolling. No. Tabling there. This was... He was not operating behind enemy lines at this point. No. Like, I'm with you. Yeah. And we're with you. He literally tweeted about how utterly almost orgasmic it was to shake Charlie Kirk's hand. I thought I was going to lose it. Yeah. So my question is, is, you know, was Silverman always conservative? I mean, did he kind of play the humanist role when he was with, with American atheists? But he didn't play a humanist role. He used that word a lot. He called himself a humanist. I, I did not know that. I thought he was always kind of firmly in the atheist camp. But he also said in his book that he would prefer that humanists refer to themselves as atheists. Right. Because everybody knows what atheist means. Not everybody knows what humanist means. And on that point, I totally agree with him. That's why people use humanists, though, to, I think, to water down the, the exactly. negative stigma on atheists. And, yep. and if, when you do that, you're playing their game, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah, I'm not down. You're embarrassed to say who you are. No, no, I, I totally disagree. To me, atheism is simply the lack of a belief in a god. That tells you what you don't believe in. Yeah. But humanism tells you what you, you do, do believe. believe in. You believe that humans are all we have, and we need to figure this stuff out, and we need to care for one another. Wait a minute. Why do I have to wrap those things around the humanist label? Why can't I just agree with them? Why can't I just live them? Why do I need to label them? Well, you, you don't need a label for atheism either, then. I think you kind of I, I do, because the, the prevailing mindset pretty much everywhere is a religious one. So... That's something that maybe in some small way kind of fighting against. The conversation is already couched in religious terms. Yeah, but, but my point is, is when you say that you're an atheist to somebody, and I'm, I'm talking about a Christian, Yeah, they're going to say, well, what do you believe in, science? Wait a minute, though. If somebody asked me as a retort, what do you believe in? Yeah. What do you believe in? Why don't you say what you believe in first, and then we'll talk about what I believe in. Well, then they'll tell you that they believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, and he came to earth, and he died on a cross for your sins, and the only way to for eternal life is the same old blah, blah, blah. And yeah. God wrote the Bible, and you get all your morality from this Bible, so where do you get your morals from? That that whole thing. Not every Christian believes well, the that. the Jesus thing is where they're most likely going to start. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get that from a Catholic, though. I think you'd get that from an evangelical Christian. For sure. Or any Protestant, I would say. What do you think a more Catholic response would be? What do you believe? I think it depends on the type of Catholic that you ask. Right, yeah, there's a spectrum there. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Kind of like Christianity as a whole. You know, I've heard, Jeff, the kind of back and forth that you just described. It always kind of puts us on the spot to say what we believe in. Like, we got to have an elevator pitch on. Here's what I believe in. So... When you get past to what Don would probably call the fairy tale part of their explanation, what else do they believe in? Because everything that you said that you believe in kind of under the humanist banner is your average, air quotes, Christian going to offer up the same type of tangible human beliefs? I don't think they are. How many points into their belief bulleted list before they mention something that's on the RNC platform and not the Bible. When the RNC used to have a platform. But I am sure that you ask a Christian what they believe in, it's going to go from religious to political 
fairly quick. An American evangelical, I'll put it that way. Jeff is either pondering or he disagrees with everything we've said. But if you're keeping the topic on ethics and morals, no, I think they're going to. I think the distinction is they're going to claim all that comes down is handed down from God. Yeah, and we claim that it doesn't. That there's no proof to that. Right. We claim that you that you you religious people don't get to claim that as your own. That's like the word liberty, you know, that it's been kind of claimed by a certain segment of the right wing political sphere. But just because some of that stuff, along with a lot of other stuff, is in the Bible, doesn't mean that they get to claim it as theirs, because that's definitely where we part company. And that's one of the reasons I think, for me at least, saying atheist is important. To me, the humanism part comes in, you know, that banner, is that humans for their entire history have been the ones that have navigated and negotiated ethics and morals. So, Jeff, that's why I don't say humanist. You would never use that term in a conversation to explain where humans have gotten their morality and their ethics, that it's not humans doing that? That's how I associate it. I don't think so. You don't think humans did it? No, no. Of course humans did it. But I don't want to have to put a label on something that I think is inherently true. So you would define it without using a term. You would use kind of the same language I would use explaining where we got our morals. Right. But to me, we're already on the defensive when we are having to justify where we get our morals from. So it's almost like you're taking atheism as the default and religious thought as the abnormal. The- yeah, and I don't like, in some ways, to kind of play their game. You're, you're playing on their field. Like, like I said, it's, it's already couched in religious language. Absolutely. As soon as you start the conversation, it, it's in a religious context. Uh, yeah. You're begging the question. Like, I want to I wanna reset the terms of the, of the discussion. Exactly. Well, let me ask you this. Outside of internet conversations or Twitter or whatever with people you don't really know, how often have you had those discussions with somebody in real life? Well, certainly not in this calendar year. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm asking, so let's go back to 2019 then. I've had conversations like this with people at work before, actually. I had somebody at work say to me, well, I'm sure you would at least admit that Jesus existed. And I was like, "Mm, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) And and the conversation kind of went from there. How often did I have it? You know, it's funny that Don mentions a work story because work conversation with every passing year, gets more fraught. Every year, it gets tighter and more narrow. Yeah, absolutely. And with working from home, it gets even worse. Because Mm -hmm. if you're in a messaging app or something, all of that's on a server somewhere. So you have to be aware. And you can't let your guard down. But in previous era, Jeff, I wouldn't have it a lot That's kind of my point. Yeah, but I've been pretty consistent about this for a a while. I'm not going to throw the first punch if somebody at a party's had a couple of cocktails and starts spouting off about religion, this or that, or ask me a question and I give them an honest answer. And then it's like, what? But I won't throw the first punch rhetorical, but I I will definitely throw the second, third, and fourth. So I don't want to get into fights, but... I'm not going to back down. And what I'm not going to back down from is that there is zero wrong with what 
I believe in. And if you can't accept that, that is totally on you. And if you can't accept me, then you're the lame because I will grant you the right to be religious and you should offer that same respect across the board for people who choose not to. And if you can't, then you're the dick. Yep. One thing I'm, I'm really thankful of is the company that I work for has a policy where religious displays are not allowed. Same in my company. Well, you're a one-person company. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy who runs that is an asshole. <laughs> He's one of them humorous. Yeah. In our official company policy handbook, you can't wear a T-shirt that says Jesus is Lord. You can't have displays like that in your cubicle, in your work area to avoid conflict. All that is not allowed. And by the way, that makes a ton of sense. But that is one of the first things that the right wing will say that corporate America is, quote, too woke. And those are the same people that David Silverman is playing kissy face with down in Florida. Getting back to your original question, I say yes. I say American atheism will veer further right. See, I'm going to pick that. I'm going to pick on that in a second. Now that I think about it a little bit, I think if Trump would have won the election, hands down, absolutely, the world would have continued to move more right. And along with it, atheism would have as well, too. See, that's where I disagree. I mean, it all gets down to semantics and all, but atheism doesn't have a position. People who hold those beliefs do. So you are going to have people yes. who claim that they're atheists or, you know, are atheists. I know you don't like it when I say claim to be atheists. Um, are moving <laughs> right. But you can't say that the movement in general is moving that direction because, No, you know, but as, and, and it may be, and it may be twofold. It may be some people in the movement are moving right, and yep. peop- and it may be that people on the right are joining the movement. It may be a combination of both, but I would say that hopefully the fact that Trump didn't, well, I mean, we did steal it and all, you know, no, but the fact right. that he didn't win the election, <laughs> and, shh, I know, I, I, I said the quiet part out loud, my bad, and going forward with a Biden administration may help turn that tide some. But if we continued on with this nationalistic rah-rah president that we had, I I think we definitely would have continued down this road. And so and, I think that's going to continue you know, all the more. I think initially you're going to have just an initial blowback to the administration that may see a surge on the right in atheism, but I don't see it sustaining. Jerry, what's your take on that? I think that it could force a conversation about separating atheism from political and policy goals because the groups that have started on the right-wing political side are nascent. But you can't argue that they're not at least growing in influence. Most people who are atheists know who David Silverman is, and he's now associated with the Atheist for Liberty. Disgraced as he may have been from his old two, what, two positions, at least one, but They're going to argue, I think, and maybe accurately, that atheism got tied up in lefty political goals. Social justice warrior-ism. Yeah, but most of which the three of us agree with. We thought it was a a logical, and I use that word because I'm an atheist, (laughs) extension of atheism. 
And they are saying, no, that their their atheism is much more in a different political tradition. And who can claim to be the head of the atheists? Which side of the ball? So basically, it's the same as what churches have done over the centuries, is become different denominations. Ooh. Some are far more conservatives than, than yeah. others. There you go, couching it in a religious conversation. <laughs> People do that. Yeah, that is super insightful and just as damning to the atheists as we're becoming like them. Oh, exactly. <laughs> that and the fact that the Atheist International uses red hymnals when green hymnals are the only ones you're supposed to... Never mind, I'm, I digress. <laughs> and the King but, James Humanist Manifesto versus the... <laughs> New American version, yes. Maybe maybe the question should have been worded differently. It's not that American atheism will veer further right. How many American atheists and American atheist organizations and leaders are going to veer right? Now, the strange thing is he's getting on this train as it's leaving the White House. So unless you really enjoy being a, a grieved minority, which I do not, is this the time to get on the dotard train? It's not the dotard train. Trump is just the icon for white, in parentheses, Christian nationalism. He doesn't see it that way. Who doesn't? Dotard himself. Doesn't matter what he thinks. He's just taking advantage of things that engrandize him. And that's what he kind of connected with is the, there was this underground nationalist movement because, you know, the shifting demographics in the United States was going from a white Christian morality kind of nation to a multinational, you know, multi-ethnic majority versus, you know, so the whites in the minority. So losing that power, that's, that's what this whole movement is about. And there's different names for, you know, KKK was, was one of the earliest forms of it. You know, what what's the, um, uh, well, like Proud Boys would be an example of that. But I mean, there's many different versions or, or flavors of it, but that stuff has been going on for quite a while. And Trump just kind of gave it a jump start. He made it cool. He tapped into it. He brought it above ground. And so I don't think that's going away. I don't think Trump's going to run in 24. This is one of my uh, long-term predictions. But but there's going to be somebody in that vein that, you know, because you're not changing his base. His base is the base. I think what's going to be funny is to watch somebody attempt to take that mantle and run with it and fall flat on their face. Hmm. Well, it's already started. Oh, like Rubio? Definitely. And by the time you listen to this, it'll be a few days old. But uh, complete ghoul and... 100% phony Senator Josh Hawley said he is going to make a public statement at least about the Electoral College results. When he does, he's going he's to stand up and say, I object. And they're going to go, OK, your objection has been duly noted. And they're going to continue. It's procedural. It's not procedural. It's only procedural if it is treated procedurally. I'm not predicting that they're going to do a, a procedural coup on the floor of the Senate. But at some point, we are going to realize that when they have a lever, they're going to use it. So for somebody like that, a Harvard-educated blue blood masquerading as a populist, the fact that they would even consider it and say it out loud and talk about it is super distressing because everyone's like, oh, it's not going to happen. Pence can't do that. It's against the law, blah, 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 blah. How many times we heard that over the last four years? And every time, 
other than the occasional court case, it was, ha fuck you. We're going to do it anyway. Stop us. I think that's the one saving grace is that everything eventually is going to come down to the courts, even if they were to try to pull something, which I don't think they will. I don't think they're going to be able to do anything on the 6th other than verify the vote of the Electoral College. But don't you think talking about it is bad enough? Yeah, it is. It, it sows the discontent. It keeps the grift going. It, it keeps the money flowing in. And that's what it's all about. Once you realize that that's what it's all about, it all makes sense. Because otherwise, the whole thing is just fantasy land. And it doesn't make any sense. But it's beyond the grift, though. Yeah, I agree. The thing that I see coming into play, and we're seeing it talked about in Georgia, is because all this voter you know, fraud kind of stuff. And it's still going. And there was a meeting in the Georgia Senate today. With these people, you know, bringing up stuff that's already been discredited and all that. But it's the storyline. And so the Georgia Republicans that are in charge of voting our stuff here are going to put more suppressive, voter suppressive rules into play. In other words, you know, they already talked about doing away with the, the signature thing mm-hmm. where you have to have voter ID to be able to vote by by mail. So you see all this stuff is just a kind of tip, or my opinion, is tipping stuff to go back towards voter suppression. And now we have a court in place that's going to go along with that. The point I was making is it's, if you're Trump on, on this night, what are you worried about more? The Republicans holding the Senate or the $400 million that you're personally on the hook for? Oh, I have an answer to that, Alec. What is doesn't give a shit about either for a thousand? <laughs> I think he cares more about the money he's personally on the hook for when they've got this whole thing cooking and people donating money to try to, quote, stop the steal, and that money is being diverted into his private funds. Okay, uh, for sure. You know, you could call this my bad take of 2021, or <laughs> it's going to be the genius take of 2021. The first perfect or worst take of 2021. It can only be one or the other. Just for the record, we're still on question one. Okay, so. <laughs> Jeez, it's going to be a, it's going to be the New Year's before we're done. He does not care about about any money he owes to any bank. What are you going to do? You going to arrest me? How are you going to do that? You going to actually come up and put me, a former president of the U.S., with millions of fans, armed fans? You're going to arrest me? Go for it. Give it a shot. He's not worried about that. He's never worried about anything. And he's been ripping people off for decades. And you don't think it's all going to come to a head? You don't think it's all going to, like a house of cards, going to come crashing in on him? No, absolutely not. Do you honestly think that the New York Attorney General is all bark and no bite? We'll find out. I guess we will. And that leads us to the next question, oddly enough. (laughs) (laughs) Will a Trump family member be indicted? And if so, which one, for what, and in what jurisdiction? I would say if there is to be a Trump family member to be indicted. Yes or no? Don? Yes. I'll go yes. I will go yes as well. Which one? Jeff? I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to say all three of his kids. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, they're all part of the, the Trump dynasty. And I think that's the thing that they can't be pardoned from the state thing that's going on. No. So I'm thinking Eric, no. Ivanka, no. Don Jr., yes. Jared, 
Absolutely. I think Jared is going to end up being the fall boy. Oh, I think that's your liberal fantasy. You think so? Yeah, I do. I think Eric. I think well, pl- I think somebody will. I think it will be Eric, and I think it will be. Because he's Stick. too dumb. <laughs> no, he's. I think he's more involved in the business. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, ultimately, if Javanka goes, they're both going to go. I think he has, in some ways, may have insulated her enough. That's why I think Jared's absolutely going, because he is the one that's been put in charge of all the... He's the one that set up the whole Shell Corporation to funnel the money from all this Stop the Steal stuff. I wasn't thinking Jared is proper family, but we'll accept in-laws. Okay. For sure. And any of these folks that get indicted, I seriously cannot stress enough the level of shit show it will be. Oh yeah. I just I'm going to break it to you all now. You on the, <laughs> you on this in this podcast and all you liberal listeners. He is never going down. You are waiting for that perp walk. You are waiting for the righteousness of institutions to mm-hmm. crash down on his crooked schemes and his immoral self and you will never ever be satisfied cuz it's not going to happen. So our fantasy of his perp walk is just as strong as Pastor Greg's fantasy of another four years. Oh, uh, faux show. <laughs> <laughs> faux show. I don't see it happening. In part, I could say I don't see it happening because I want it so badly. And like everything I really want so badly in this sphere, it'll never happen. That's why I honestly think there's going to be a perp walk and it's going to be Jared. And he's the one that Trump's going to throw to the wolves. He's, I think in the end, he's going to save himself. He's going to save his family. And son-in-law should have got that whole Middle East thing worked out, man. Cause, uh... <laughs> oh, man. That would be the interesting part is if somehow they set the family against each other. <laughs> That'd be a re- reality show. <laughs> and if you don't, you're going up the river. So this is beyond our Pastor Greg fantasies. This is Mueller report fantasy. Oh, oh man. It, how many months ago was the Mueller report going to be that kick-ass day, man? Right, Mueller, right. Mueller time. It's Mueller time. It's Mueller time. So, obviously, you don't think that Trump's going to be indicted, no perp walk. Nope. Not going to jail or anything. So I don't. I don't think he's going to pay back the whatever money he owes. Do you think he's going to reinvent himself as whatever the next new apprentice is or whatever? Or is he going to start his own version of Fox News or, or whatever it is that he's going to do? Do you think he's going to go back to being that? reality celebrity or even worse (laughs) the next fucking rupert murdoch no there is a negative thousand percent that he will be the latter murdoch yeah because rupert murdoch the soulless ghoul that he is is still a businessman trump is not no definitely not everything he has touched he fucks up the man filed bankruptcy for a casino he owned a machine that printed money and he broke it so I'm going to say he's going to go and do the talk show tours and all that kind of crap to keep himself in front of the public. And people are going to buy it because, you know, it, it sells the clicks. I think he'll still have rallies. I don't know what for. He won't. I, like you said, I don't believe he's going to run in 2024. Well, he can get paid yet. for him now. But he's going to have rallies. It's going to, Trump is coming to town. 
Well, I think it'll be for Ivanka, Ivanka 2024. That's nah. what it's going to be. <laughs> no. Nah. Come on. Come on. Nah. That's my prediction. Oh, oh, good one. Let's hear it. Let's hear right. that hot take. That's it. Flamethrower. Yep. Ivanka Trump 2024. Who's her running mate? Jared. <laughs> <laughs> that flame just was like a lighter in the wind. Yeah. Yep. So the question, at least as it was posed, was will he sign an exclusive contract with the media org for big bucks? Yay or nay? Uh, exclusive? No. I think anybody who's willing to throw a shit ton of money at him, he's more than willing to take it. Okay, but you're not going to pay him a shit ton of money unless you get some level of exclusivity. Because that's the deal. Is he going to sign with OAN? The only place you can hear Trump is OAN. And by the way, that might be worth 20 million bucks to them. Oh, yeah. They would make more than that back in advertising alone easily. Yeah. But do you think they're going to trust his signature on a contract? Well, that would be the next question. Is hey. If he signs that exclusive, how many months after does he break it? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Very quickly. Yeah. That's on them. I didn't think about that as far as like your source for Trump, you know, kind of a thing. Absolutely. No. They're already Trump TV. Yeah, yeah, but they're pretty low budget, aren't they? Them and uh, what's the other one? But this is something that could put them over the top. They pay him a royalty or they pay him With a what? fee. With what? That they make back in advertising. What, uh, the the magic pillow or whatever that thing is? My pillow? <laughs> what's the other station? Not OAN. And then there's News, another Newsmax. one. Newsmax. Newsmax. Yeah. yeah. I don't, neither one of those has if, a lot of money behind them, do they? Yeah, but if you're, if you're Newsmax... The financials alone would be easy. You pay him a certain amount for exclusivity, you make that back in advertising. Absolutely. 20 million bucks for him probably talking on the phone. Yeah. Which, by the way, most places got for free forever. For four years, yeah. But part of the deal is you don't go on Fox and Friends anymore. That's right. You don't go on LAN, yeah. You're crash. exclusive to Newsmax, and we'll pay you $20 million. Yeah, I don't see that happening. You don't think that's so? That's a lot nope. of money. No. Nope. That's a Absolutely. lot of money. No, I don't see. So his... you think he can make $20 million easier somewhere else? I think that puts the seed in his head to bid it out to the highest bidder. Fox, what's your bid? OAN, what's your bid? You know? And then you go from there. And how much would it be worth it to Fox to keep him off their air? Keep him off or keep him on? To keep him off. Where would Hannity go if Trump wasn't coming on his show? He could become an enemy. He doesn't care. I mean, there are things that he cares about, like your standard Republican tax the poor but not the rich. That's pretty much the only thing that they really believe in. Hannity could make Dotard an enemy just as fast as he kisses his ass. That guy's he's got no scruples. No, no, none of them do. The Judge Janine or whatever her name is. Yeah, Judge Merlot. Yeah. <laughs> I love that clip. As I, as I say it, you know, like when we talk about, a, you know, what we're drinking at the beginning of every one of these hey, podcasts. Hey, that's different. So, so spare your hypocrisy, losers. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna. I think it's more likely that he starts doing a YouTube channel. And puts the pressure on YouTube because it will be super popular right away. And he'll make a lot of money for YouTube and a lot of money for himself. And it's going to put YouTube in the position like Twitter is in now. Yep. They should have got rid of him years ago. But he's too valuable. Yeah, too many followers. All right. That's my prediction. 
And he's not doing anything to save anyone, maybe no, even his kids. No, it's all oh, about no. him. Oh, no, it comes down to him or his kids. His kids are gone. Totally. Yeah, Anyways. He will send them up the river will to Melania save Will Melania divorce him in 2021? I do think she's out of there. Really? Mm-hmm. What month? Which month? Oh, I don't have to pick a month. Just sometime yeah. during 2021. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll pick June then, halfway through. So it's going to be that fast, huh? Wouldn't it be easier and better as far as appearance-wise for him just to pay her to stay married to him? No. You know, no wifely duties. I'm going to be in Mar-a-Lago. You can live in Vienna or New York or L.A. or wherever the hell you want, but we're still married. No, he doesn't need a first lady appendage anymore. She'll be she'll be gone. Maybe it might be him divorcing her more than the other way around, actually. No way! They, I was going to say, it would have to be spun that way because the fact that she left, left him, his narcissism would not... Ex- that that would not be an acceptable Oh, scenario. he would spin it, yeah. So, but you, you act like they don't already have agreed upon prenup. Oh, I'm sure they did because uh, oh, what absolutely. was the last wife? They had one. So, yeah, I'm sure they did. She's just another contractor he's not right. going to pay. So... What's the difference? Exactly. Wife, drywall hanger, what's the difference? He won't pay. He didn't pay anybody. No. You think he's going to pay her? That's his total MO. Don't pay. Sue me. Totally. Fuck you. Sue me. But I mean, have you have you guys ever seen any true, what do you call it? Uh, like, Or you can tell that she's actually in love with Donald. Have you ever seen any signs of that, that mutual admiration? Oh, and- the loving way that she slaps his hand away when he tries to hold it tells me that they're soulmates. That's so. not fair. <laughs> Come on. How much, of, how much of this political lovey-dovey is just that? Just for the record, I've never seen you kiss your wife, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> but she hasn't slapped me, slapped my no, hand. She's you never know. slapped you in public. I, and give, I, I do have to give you that. And that one look during the inauguration is like, whoa. I, you know what? I would not. I would not want my public spousal interactions to undergo the same scrutiny that that all these folks do. Yeah. I mean, come on. You think Michelle Obama wasn't putting on an act? No, and I'm, Laura I'm, Bush and all of them. It's yeah, required but, for Christ's sake. Right, but I'm just speaking. You know, knowing the extreme narcissist that Trump is, to live with somebody like that. And maybe she's, a, and maybe Melania is a narcissist too. Maybe they were two peas in a pod. I don't know. But I mean, that would be unbearable, you know, when it's all about him 24 7. She's a businesswoman. I mean, come on. This may not have worked out completely in her favor. Oh, you know what? I think she's got a good tell all book coming out. I think she'll do that and then she's out. Let me say that. Do you think she'll write that book before or after he's dead? She will never write that book. You don't think she writes it after he's gone? I think she waits until he dies. Then, five, ten years after that, writes that tell-all book. Ivanka sues her first. Good luck. On behalf of the Trump org, you are still under an NDA. Your NDA, this is a guess, is not with Donald Trump himself, but it is with the Trump org, which I am the head of, and you are not authorized to talk about that. I will see you in court. This conversation, admittedly, could come up on... Bad legal takes on Twitter. I will take the hit. But it would seem at least exceedingly sloppy to allow that to happen. On his part. On the on the organization and contractual part, yes. Because I, I just I I'd have a hard time believing it. 
I don't, I don't think that book would ever get published. I would put it this way. I, I believe the odds of her releasing an, a tell-all book dramatically increase after he's dead. I'm betting she's getting offers right now. I, Ooh, I wouldn't be no, surprised if she's no getting way. offers right now. No, no, no reputable publishing house is talking to her on the DL. Guy's the president. Well, it wouldn't have to be on the DL. I mean, that's kind Absolutely of a common thing. Absolutely, it would have to be on the DL. Huh? You want the president to find out that, that you're pitching a tell-all book with his wife? You don't have to call it a tell-all book. Well, what would you call it then? My years as the first lady. Shit. Pretty much every first lady's done something like that. I think if you were the CEO of a publishing company, you would be in dereliction of duty if you did not plant a seed in her head of writing a book or having a ghostwriter write a book for her. She can, you know what? She can write a lot of books. She's yeah. not she's not writing the book that you would like her to write. <laughs> she is not going to write the I'm going to give you all the dirt on Dotard ever. Uh, yeah. 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 You will never get that book. You, you might get, be uh, decorating your home for Christmas. That might uh, be best, Jeff. Yeah. Be best. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're spending way too much time on this Trump is. fuck. So. Oh, really? You're just getting into this podcast, apparently? <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's like, I want 2020 to be over, and we're talking about this guy. Ugh. Well, uh, we we will get to your your favorite topic, virology, soon. <laughs> All right, that's All right. that's a twenty twenty development for sure. This one will be real quick. Will Pastor Greg block us? As I said when when we spoke about him on the podcast, people who clap back at him online helps his brand. He will never block us. So we should stop. Clapping back. Has he responded back to uh No. Comment? No. Okay. Ever. Personally, never. You think he even reads him? You think he cares? We're not Hemet. He he will respond to Hemet. No, he will not respond to us. Do you think now, he, he does his own um Twitter or does... him I think he does. Okay. Franklin Graham, I don't Probably believe not. Yeah. he knows how to spell Twitter. But Pastor Greg, I believe, handles his own Twitter account, and he does personally respond. I've seen him on numerous occasions respond to him. But he'll check the followers of the person he's tweeting back at to see if it's worthy of his time. Oh, I guess. I don't I, I don't know. Or, or if it's just a personal thing between the two of them that we have not risen to. Because Hemet seems to pick up his stories a lot. Pastor Greg is definitely on Hemet's radar. Right. And vice versa. Right. They're both keeping tabs on each other. Well, all I could say is Jimmy needs to keep trying to get blocked. Well, that would be the goal. Jimmy's hammering. He's, he's hammering along. But hmm. I, I think he honestly puts out tweets that are designed to incite that type of a response. Oh, totally. And that absolutely helps his brand. So you are feeding into it by tweeting at him. You are f literally feeding the beast. Jimmy's not in the room. Who are you talking to? I'm looking around. I don't see Jimmy. Jimmy he's off tonight. Jimmy. But, yes. Jimmy. I don't think there's anything you could possibly say that would get you blocked by Pastor Greg Locke. I did not intend for that to rhyme, but it just <laughs> naturally did. So it's you know it's true. So he just likes the controversy. That's what. Yeah. I mean, it's that's what gets the clicks. It, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Fact. So moving on. All right, Jeff. Mm. Are you warmed up? Getting into your wheelhouse here. I'm ready. All right. Will all three godless heathens get vaccinated in 2021? <sighs> Man. 
if we had the uh, Trump administration going no. forth? Uh, uh, eh, no. Eh. You don't get to caveat it. You only get to answer. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of what ifs and that kind of stuff. But I mean, yeah. at our current pace, it'd be 10 years out before we got vaccinated. <laughs> Truly. I'm not kidding. Right. So answer the question. Will all three of us be vaccinated this year? Okay. So I would say Jerry and I both have heart conditions. So, and I don't know how this stuff works. Like, um, no one needs do to know that. Cardiologists. No huh? one needs to know that. Yes <laughs> or no? Will we all get I'm vaccinated? Doing... He's he, he's he he he's laying out his logical thought process. So I'm uh, saying. Yes. Jerry and he's factoring and, all all factors into the the equation. Right, uh, so, I, I, but it's not going to change the fact that he still will not say yes or no. Oh no, say I, yes I, or I no, am. And then go I am, into, but no, I'm, no, say it first, and then go into your explanation. No, I have to qualify it. I'm saying <laughs> there is no be, qualification. It because, is yes or no. No, because <laughs> because we're theoretically in group two. I think it is. Jerry and I will get vaccinated in December of next year. So I will not. So, no. Unless you develop a heart condition, <laughs> um, you're screwed oh, until 2022. Well, I got that working for me. Yeah. So, I, I would, I, you know, I would have to go, actually, I would have to agree with you without the couching. <laughs> I am the X factor in the equation. If I had to answer this question, I would say two-thirds yes. You and Jerry will probably be vaccinated by the end of next year, I do not believe I will be. You guys don't read the question. This is the question. Will all three godless heathens, I, it was written that way specifically. Then no, a hard no. Woo, that hurts. But I am hopeful <laughs> that Biden can figure out that this is a national thing and not a state thing that, you know, Trump put all the shit off on the states is like, yeah. This will be my 100% flaming hot correct take. All right. Is that 2021 is going to be a very long year for you, Jeff. Hmm. It's going to be a very long year for you if you are starting off with Biden can or I want Biden to. Oh. I, I think it is going to turn into the equivalent pain of the Mueller report falling flat on his face. Well, yeah, because I, I think where you're going with this is a lot of it is is entirely dependent on if we get control of the Senate. Even if we did. And I want to say also that I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that I'm wrong, that things will move, you know, a little okay. bit faster that I'm being pessimistic about. But. I do share the wish of your optimism. I don't believe it's going to happen, though. Okay. So we found the back end. Who do you think is going to get vaccinated first, and what month do you think that's going to be in? Oh, it's going to be Jeff, and it's going Absolutely to be like going to be August. Because I'm think... old and have a heart condition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you think, uh, Jeff, you said by August at the latest or in August? You're saying I would in say August. August. I would say August at the, at the earliest. At the earliest? Yeah. I'm going to go prices right and go just under that and say July. I would like that. There you go. Oh, well, if Jeff would like that, he thinks it's going to be later. Make it so. When do you think it's going to happen for you? When do I hope or when do I think? Not No hope. that You're betting, Jeff. This is money. I'm thinking if things are still kind of screwed up, I'm going to say end of summer, early fall. July, August, September. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Somewhere so there. pick one. 
I have to pick one. Okay, I, I'm going July. He went August. You're September. I'll We're be September. For you. That's We're fine. picking for you. You're September. So hopefully uh, my antibodies kinda, and my T cells hold out to that. The depression of this last that last question will kind of answer this one, which would be: Will we still be wearing masks at this time next year? We should be. Yes. No. God damn it, Jeff. <laughs> That's not how this game works. This isn't about your wishes or hopes or dreams. You are betting. You have money on the line. It's a yes or no question. Yeah, yeah. 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 So basically I would say we will be wearing masks um, probably into 2022 for sure. I didn't think of adding that. Like how deep into 2022? Let me put an asterisk on there. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> You don't like my asterisks, do you? You know, you're trying to redefine the game, Jeff, and it's just not any fun. But no, I'm saying if people full, pull out their smartphones and show that they, you know, have the code, you might be able to be maskless in, in their presence. That could not be more dystopian. <laughs> How could you take a depressing subject and make it just otherworldly bad? Or, you know, if you if you get scanned for that microchip that's been embedded. The people who are worried about this microchip all probably have an Amazon Echo sitting in the fucking kitchen. Right, yeah. exactly. Recording exactly. everything they say. Yeah. And if they don't, I can guarantee you they got a phone in their pocket. Uh, faux show. The man already knows where you are, okay? <laughs> we don't need to track you. You're self-tracking for us. Thank you very much. How many months into 2022, Jeff, will we be wearing masks? Well, I would say until the summer months, because I heard when it warms up, it kind of just takes care of that whole thing. Oh, you right. did. It's, it's, did it disappears. You? Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag OAN. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, first of all, there's going to have to be a whole lot more studies done to find out once you get the vaccine, do you still... Okay, which part of this conversation is a month? You need to start with a month and then go into your explanation. <laughs> Oh, you think it's all the way through 2022. I was going even worse than that. Do you think masks are now the the new normal? And it it doesn't have anything to do with viruses. It has more to do with pollution. But people have been wearing masks in Japan and China and other countries for years. It's not uncommon. If you see news from China or from Japan or a lot of a number of other countries to see people on the public subway wearing masks four years ago, you know what I mean? So so in in some parts of the world, wearing a mask has already become commonplace. Do you think that we're going to be wearing masks forever? If this thing continues to keep mutating and you've got people in Colorado that are catching the UK strain who haven't left the state. Uh, you're going, you're going uh, QAnon there now. That's not QAnon. That's a fact. No, it's not a fact. Oh, it's not. I, I honestly, I, I don't know. Tell me. I, I want to know. But if if this thing is going to continue to mutate, it mutates every time somebody gets infected. Like when Katie and I got it, we had variations that we were breathing out. It just naturally mutates. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, that's evolution. Yeah. Okay, Jeff. What month, if at all, <laughs> are we going to not I have to a wear date. a mask? I'm going to get an answer to this question. Yeah. Uh, what month in 2022? Jeez. Or will, are you saying, like, legit all of 2022? I'll go on record. I don't see us ever getting a necessarily total handle on this thing. If, it, if it's going to continue to mutate. So Don is a all the way through 2022 and beyond. Jeff? 
I want Jeff to answer this question. I, I need to know what you actually think. Because you think about this and research this more than anybody else I know times 10. Well, but I'm, I'm, oh, there's, so many, there's so many variables. I know there is. In, in here. That's why it's an easy answer. And then we can go into all the variables. That's why what? It, Just throw me, a dart at the board and see what, see what you name hit. Name the month or say all the way through 2022 and then explain why. Okay, so I'm going to say all the way through 2022 based on how many anti-vaxxers there are. And, no, and no, so, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. When will we be able to stop wearing masks? Okay. As right, a so regular, if, uh, not, in, not in flu season, but as a normal, every time you leave the house, you've got masks in your car, your wife has masks in her purse, and there's masks available everywhere because... There's masks required to go in a store. That is such a complicated question because, and here's here's why. So let's let's say that by the end of 2021, everybody has had access to the vaccine. We just said that wasn't going to happen, but okay. Well, but I'm just saying that's that's my hypothetical setup right here. Right, but uh, but, but do the do the hypothetical setup. Based in reality. <laughs> take, you, take, the, take the hypothetical That's what setup. I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do. Right, but you just said that you just said that we're not all going to get the vaccine until 2022. No, uh, I'm saying best case scenario in my hypothetical situation to play this out is 20 by tw- the end of 2021, anybody that wants a vaccine has had access to a vaccine. You just predicted that was not going to happen. So take your hypothetical based on what you think is going to happen. Not the hypothetical on top of a hypothetical. Factor in the fact that that not everybody's going to be vaccinated and a number of people are going to reject taking the vaccination. Right. That's the huge matzo ball in the situation is... So whatever date you want to throw out, if you want to say, you know, early spring of 2023, it doesn't matter. If everybody has access to the vaccine, but we don't get to herd immunity, which, you know, is like 70 to 85 percent. And again, that kind of depends on, you know, variants where you might have to take like a booster shot all the time. You know, so that's another variable in it. But what I'm saying is then it becomes an ethical thing, because as as we go out to shop at Kroger's and we know that half the population have accepted the vaccine or vaccinated and have immunity to the disease. But, you know, hopefully by that time, we'll have more information on whether we will still be carriers. When you say that, though, you have gone beyond kind of the public policy mode into this. No, I'm going I'm going into an ethical mode here. And, and... but it's not about ethics. Well, it's going it to be is, what ru- in no, a sense. Not. Absolutely and here... not. Okay, well, absolutely hear me. not. It will hear be, me out. No, hear me out. It, it, no. it will not be about no, ethics. I will not hear you out. And, and, and the only reason I say this is because ethics are not enforceable. No, you are but, not going to have a sign on your local grocery store that says you cannot come in here without a mask. That's I know not that. Ethics. I know, That's yeah, I know. A rule. It's, it's, right, right. Why, why can't you? Why can't you what? have a sign that says you can't come in here without a mask. Kind of leads me to a, a question I was thinking of that isn't on the list here. Should the vaccine be mandatory at some point? That's actually where the, where I was going to go. It's because you can't go to school without vaccination. Exactly. You can't send right. your kids to right. school unless they are up to date on their shot. And that's a rule that gets fought harder every year. 
and people are asking for exemptions. And what is the main objection to that rule? Freedom, liberty, religion, religious exemption. But that's not necessarily religious people filing for that exemption. No, it's people using that loophole to get out of vaccinating their children. Correct. Okay, but let me let me get back to my scenario here, you know, and see where you guys fall in this thing because that that's the kind of question I have in my mind. I haven't worked out and I don't know how it's going to play out. Let's say we come to the point where everybody has had access to a vaccine and I'm just going to say by the end of 2021 everybody's had that access. Going forward, the reason we wear a mask now is not just for ourselves. But for others, yeah. Okay. So knowing that, let's say we're not to herd immunity because, uh, you know, let's say only sixty percent of the people have taken the vaccine. There's forty percent that haven't. So we're not to the eighty-five percent. Are we, as ethical humanists in quotation, air, you know, rabbit quotes, are we going to go to Kroger's with a mask to protect others? Are we going to say, nope, I've had my vaccine. I don't know if I'm immune, but it's on you guys. You have a choice. So, you know, if you get the COVID, it's on you. How do you answer no, that? No, obviously that would not be the right thing to do. Even though we have taken the vaccine, we we, we should still wear the mask. Well, and that's that's what gets to that question is, you know, what, how long will we be wearing the mask? Well, you know, until we get to herd immunity would be the ethical. That's why I said, are we either A, wearing masks forever going forward or are we instituting a mandatory vaccination policy? So those are the only two options? Because you don't get to herd immunity without either one. So the first question, so in 2022, if we're not to herd immunity, would you guys wear a mask going out in public? We got the vaccine. We're, we're immune. We, you know, at that point, we don't have the science to know how long. You're, you know, not, if, you're not immune to the disease. You're immune, immune to, the to the alleged worst effects of it. Right. Yeah. Right. At this you point, that's all we know. You can still be a carrier right. and pass it along. Right. Then so. ethically, you should still wear a mask. Absolutely. I, I cannot wrap my head around this these, I know. this this ethics question. Because it, to me, it's not about ethics. It would be about self-protection. Goddamn right I'm wearing a mask. I don't trust anybody that is walking around without a mask. How, how the hell do I know that they're not just splewing things out? I might wear a better mask. Yeah, vaccination notwithstanding, if a mask helps me not contract the virus, I'm going to wear a mask. That's exactly why I'm wearing a mask. Period. That's yeah. 100%. It is not about it is not about ethics. And conversely, vaccination notwithstanding, if me wearing a mask helps prevent you from catching it, then I should wear a mask. That, and For that's, sure. That's the ethical point that, that I guess I was making. Agreed. Yeah, so is, is it a both and or is it just about you? Do you give a shit about the people that have refused the vaccine? Well, as a human, it's fuck everybody. I mean, what do you mean? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> what? <laughs> ah, as a capitalist Republican humanist. Oh, oh you're an atheist everybody. for... Yeah. Uh, as a liberty-loving freedom whore, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that denomination. Oh, okay. We're not going to get to herd immunity in 2022. Yeah, I, I'm not seeing you that. You don't believe that. No, I do not. Um, I do not. As long as there are, I just say it, 75 million people that are willing to vote for Trump, there's no chance in hell of us getting to 85% vaccinated. Well, it's not and even based on that. Um, so I, I took my car in for maintenance. Your new car? Your brand spanking new no, car? No, no, no. My, my former car. Okay. I was um, say. Sticker Jeez. mobile. Yeah. The what? 
The sticker mobile. I know. I had to remove a lot of the uh, offensive stickers for. Uh, anyway. Yeah. That, <laughs> sticker anyway. alone dropped the resale value of that bad boy like half. Right. So so anyway, so I took it to this place to get service done. Nobody in there had a mask. And when I, it's the workers I'm talking about. There was no other customers in, in, in there at the time, but nobody had a mask on. So what did you think, huh, what is the ethics of this situation? I'm thinking ethically right now. I'm actually shocked. Just for the record, mm. what type of car do you drive, Jeff? Well, I have two cars now. The one that you took in for service. Oh, that was a Kia Sportage. I, would, I thought it was a Subaru. Never mind. He was ready to make a Subaru joke. You could feel it. No, the new one is the Subaru. Let me ask you this. When you take your Subaru in for service, do the mechanics wear masks? Well, it's, you know what? That's a trick question. It's a Subaru. It never needs service. I would be shocked if the Subaru service manager doesn't have, like, the nicest mask. You know what I mean? I mean, everybody in the, yeah. you know, when we were buying the car, that whole process, everybody had a mask on. So. All right. All right. So what's your best and worst take of 2020? I'll start. Worst take, not be a vaccine. There will not be a vaccine. That was my worst take. End of the year. Okay. Yes. That was right. that was that was my worst take. So is that a six pack owing take? No. 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 Oh. Hey, I no. see how that worked out. There oh. were a couple mm. there were a couple mm. couple deadlines blown past. Eth- ethically ethically blown past. Let's roll the tape, Don. Roll I the think tape. just for the record, we should get a six pack between the three of us and just split it and be done. Yeah, you know what? That you sound like a fucking socialist. I want all six. <laughs> you damn right you do. Tall boys. <laughs> <You're> capitalist. <laughs> that was easily my worst take. Okay. But my best take was tied to my worst take. And Uh-oh. that was it would never be available in time that everybody said it was gonna be available. And Jeff just proved my take correct on this podcast. It has been an utter shit show. And it will only get worse before it gets better. And to think that there would be some type of smooth running, efficient rollout of something that doesn't benefit him directly was the easiest money of the year. Mm-hmm. See, I have the same take and it was best and worst. And, you know, that's interesting. That was kind of my same thing, too, is that I was confident the technology was there to come out with a vaccine. Do we have the same take, just reversed? Like, you, your best take was confidence in the vaccine, and the worst take was that it would be distributed well. Well, no. Yeah, that, that the vaccine would be here. And that's what you and I kind of, kind of argued about, is you didn't have the confidence there would be one. And I you know, had listened to the, the, you know, the technology had been there for over a decade, but you know, the money and the application was the only thing holding it back. So that was... And for Trump to be trying to make, you know, take uh, credit for it was him that, that, you know, fast forward this. No, it was the science that has been working on on this technology for over 10 years that, that did it. Where I went wrong was thinking that, you know, maybe like the CDC would be in charge of a rollout like it probably should have been. And no, I don't know who the guy is that's in charge of this. It's some general, right? And and he's already yeah he's already claimed you know that that he screwed up but it's like thanks for nothing. 
aye, aye, sir. But but yeah, I mean that was kind of my you know I didn't even think about all. I probably should have known you know based on this was still going to be you know under the Trump administration it was going to go off the rails quite easily just like the you know the testing thing did. But here we are. The worst take I had, I, I think I at this point I thought Pence would be president by now and would have already pardoned Trump and Trump would have already gone away. Yeah. I kind of thought that I, still I, could I, happen. Yeah. It, it still, still it could still could. But I honestly thought it would have happened by now. My best take, and this is going to be a little transition. My best take was actually a recommendation I made last year, and all my recommendations are like Hulu or Netflix shows. I recently rewatched Ted Lasso for the second time, and it still amazes me that that show is as good as it is. Kim had not watched it, and I fired up the first episode for her. We ended up binging the whole thing over a day here recently. And about halfway through, I remember thinking to myself that this show that's based on two 30-minute commercials that didn't really go anywhere should have run its course. But it was the surprise television hit of the year. I remember early on, I'm going, oh, this is one of those... Uh, retread uh, fish out of water this guy from you're America you're just waiting for it to jump the shark and it right, never right. does yeah, it yeah. just gets better and better and better and it's it's already renewed for a second and a third year and I've even actually read that the third year they're they're planning on being the final year but I can't wait for, for more episodes well you, you gotta leave when, when you're on a high note too though absolutely have, yeah that's that's kind of the art of that stuff but yeah, so, that's that's a good show. Right? I really enjoyed it. So that. On, on that note, does anybody got a got a recommendation to to end twenty twenty with, and no, start twenty twenty? No, I have a resolution. With? A resolution. Uh-oh. There we go. Uh-oh. That's even better. It's a personal one. Uh oh. I'm gonna stay off Facebook in twenty twenty one. I'm going to somehow, regardless of the political tenor, I am going to do something about my doom scrolling problem that is a absolute resolution i'm not sure how i'm going to thread the needle between being informed and you know being being depressed while i'm informed but i gotta do it you've got your one hour twitter per day limit but it's overridable is is. is there a way to set that up where it's not overridable i don't want to find out i mean (laughs) i'm not sure (laughs) <laughs> you know what I, I would say you know like i'm gonna read more books and i'll have no. less time to be scrolling on twitter but i'm gonna subscribe to periodicals yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then i'm gonna be a vegetarian while i'm at it sure but the books you read could be doom scrolling too so I, exactly you know, yeah page by you, page page you scro- doom page scroll dooming. through twitter he does it through the written page right exactly it, yeah. so who's better off and and I and I watch some you know, some crazy documentaries and and kind of doom scroll that way. But so yeah, we all we all get it our own our own different way. You got anything, Jeff? As far as um, New Year's resolutions, yeah, or no, recommendations. Or recommendation. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So one I would recommend on Netflix, they just released the Death of 2020. Hmm. Um, kind of a review of 2020. Depressive. For sure, but also is is kind of what was interesting about it is it exposed or you know it kind of went through stuff is like 
oh, I kind of forgot about that. I kind of forgot it because things have been so overwhelming. It it kind of does something to your your memory where you kind of uh, subvert some of the stuff. So it was really kind of helpful to kind of go through the year um, that way. Um, but one thing I would say too is is you know we should try to find things, and I have you know a couple of things that I would throw out that you know where 2020 had some positive things. Oh. You know, it wasn't all just a screwed up year. You have uh, me on the edge of my seat. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> grandchild came into this oh, world. Oh, that's true. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, so that's one of the most incredible things that's, that's happened to us. And, you know, navigating that has been certainly a challenge. Um, but, you know, that is like there's there's things going on in the world that we can certainly celebrate. And then a, a, a nephew of mine got married this year. We were supposed to go out for the wedding out in um, Salt Lake City. Um, and they were going to have it in September. Of course, that went off the rails. But, you know, they went forward and got married anyway. And so, you know, there's there's still a lot of people that have things to celebrate in 2020. There's a lot of things that we mourn over in 2020. But, um, but still, you know, there's some good things that 2020 will be remembered on the calendar every year. What a positive way to end 2020 and start 2021. I know. That's like the opposite of doom scrolling. I know. It's like hope talking. You got to look for some of those kind of little blossoms in the world. You got to find true. that silver lining. Mm-hmm. Oh, All look right. at that. Well, a warm fuzzy to end the season. <laughs> but you guys probably have some things in 2022 that you could lift up as a, you know, like, yeah, that was pretty Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy New Year, people. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Someone in the party and the devil is my friend.